Chapter Eight of Pope Adrian the Fourth and Historical Sketch by Richard Ravy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight. The peace which Adrian had concluded with the King of Sicily was soon seized by Frederick Barbarossa as the pretext for a new quarrel with the Church. The grounds on which the German despot professed to be aggrieved were as follows a predecessor of his lothar the second had in his italian war in the foregoing century obliged the king of sicily to own the feudal superiority of germany over apulia pope innocent the second who protested against this proceeding as a violation of his rights could only so far induce lothair to respect them as to agree to let their lawful owner for the future jointly exercise them with their lawless usurper so that when the sicilian king as duke of apulia should be presented at the ceremony of his installation with a flag the pope was to hold the pole with one hand and the emperor with the other frederick barbarossa renewed this right of joint lordship over apulia by a concordat with eugenius the third in which he expressly stipulated not to make any treaty with the king of sicily without the previous consent of the pope who however was not required to enter into any such obligation towards the german monarch and yet frederick now put on the face of an injured man declaring that what had not been stipulated had yet always been taken for granted and that adrian by making peace with king william unknown to the emperor had frequently violated the concordat in the height of his ill-will an incident fell out which gave free vent to his animosity against the pope to settle his power in burgundy he summoned a diet of the empire to meet at besancon in october eleven fifty seven this diet was numerously and splendidly attended not only by german but by foreign princes and ambassadors from all parts of europe among the rest by two cardinals named roland and bernard as legates from the pope the emperor received their credentials in his oratory where he gave them a special audience at which they also presented him a letter from adrian who complained in it of the impunity with which frederick had allowed certain marauding knights to detain and plunder eskill archbishop of lund while travelling through burgundy to his diocese in chiding him for so faithless a discharge of his duty as sworn champion of the roman church the pope reminded the emperor of the favours he owed the church especially mentioning among them his imperial crown not that she repented of having so far obliged him on the contrary she would rejoice if she could confer on him still greater benefits as frederick listened to this letter which his chancellor reynald read up to him he reddened with anger at that part of it which spoke of his crown as a gift of the church but at the word benefits he could not control himself for by this word he insisted in the blindness of passion that the pope meant to assert that the empire was a fief of the holy see the fact was the original word beneficium did signify in the corrupt latin of the middle ages a fief as well as a benefit in general and this was enough for the emperor's humour who would listen to no explanation from the legates that the word was used not in its technical but its classical sense 
in the heat of the dispute which ensued cardinal roland afterwards pope alexander the third exclaimed from whom then hath the emperor his dignity if not from the pope whereupon the count palatine otho of bavaria one of the courtiers present seized by a fit of fury drew his sword and rushed towards the cardinal but was checked in his purpose by frederick who threw himself between the two and then closed the audience by ordering the legates to be escorted back to rome with injunctions not to deviate from the directest line of route nor to tarry in any ecclesiastical domain through which they might pass historians are agreed that adrian had no intention in the present case of practically asserting as frederick in his politic wrath said he did the feudal superiority in question the english pope however was not the less a stickler for that superiority in theory as well as cardinal roland and the rest of the hierarchy a superiority which pope gregory the seventh supported by the feelings and convictions of christendom at his day taught as follows that the pope as vicar on earth of our lord in heaven ought to stand superior over every human power and sought to realize it as the only means of reforming the frightful disorders of that age frederick barbarossa on the other hand took as was natural to a man like him bent on crushing the spiritual beneath the temporal power the opposite side of the question a side which was just as repugnant to the feeling of the overwhelming majority of christendom then as it was a century before nay which was at variance with his own conscience if one may judge from his conduct at a later period when abandoned by fortune and his pride humbled in the dust he was driven to hearken to its voice for the present he proclaimed the only doctrine which his pride could brook namely that he held his crown from god alone to whose servant the pope it simply belonged to perform the ceremony of coronation this doctrine of his imperial dignity he caused to be stated in a circular which he addressed to all the provinces of germany in vindication of his behaviour towards the papal legates a measure rendered imperative by the religious temper of the age in this circular he denounces all who differ from its views as enemies of the doctrine of our lord and his apostles as in short their slanderers and among other extravagancies of his virulence declares that one cause among the rest why he so unceremoniously dismissed the legates was the discovery which he had made of blank papers in their possession ready signed and sealed which they could fill up at pleasure and which were meant to empower them to dismantle the altars plunder the sacred vessels and deface the crucifixes in the german churches he further informs the bishops of germany that he and he alone it is who really strives to protect their liberties against the roman sea whose yoke they groaned under those however to whom this consoling piece of news was sent knew but too well what a mockery the word liberty was in the mouth of a man who like frederick had long ago trampled on the concordat of worms and who disposed of the benefices of the church after the arbitrary manner of henry the fourth to subserve his political ends as companion piece to his circular frederick published an edict forbidding in future all correspondence between his clergy and rome 
the account which the cardinals roland and bernard gave on their arrival at rome of the way in which they had been treated by frederick created a lively sensation at the papal court the imperial party at the conclave sought to exculpate their patron in the face of the reproaches heaped upon him by ascribing all the blame to the ignorance and mismanagement of the legates in the midst of the conflicting opinions of his clergy pope adrian deeply felt the indignity which he had suffered in the persons of his representatives but did not allow himself to be betrayed into any violent manifestation of displeasure on the contrary after the first excitement of his feelings was over he wisely resolved to do all in his power to conciliate the emperor without derogating from his own dignity to this end he wrote a brief of which the substance is as follows to all the archbishops and bishops of germany as often as anything is attempted in the church contrary to the honour of god and the salvation of souls it should be the care of our brother bishops and of all who profess to act according to the holy spirit to chastise such deeds as have been wickedly done in a manner pleasing to god our illustrious son frederick emperor of the romans we say it with profound sorrow hath lately done what so far as we know is without example in the times of his predecessors for on our sending him two of our worthiest brethren namely cardinals bernard of st clement and roland of st mark our chancellor he appeared at first to receive them with cordiality but the next day when they read to him our letter he broke out into such violence of passion at a certain expression contained therein namely we have conferred on thee the benefit of the crown that it is lamentable to think of the reproaches which he is said to have cast on them of the insults which he obliged them to bear from him of the dishonourable manner in which he dismissed them from his presence and drove them out of his states and then he issued an edict forbidding you to leave the kingdom to visit the apostolic see concerning which things though we are much troubled yet we derive the greatest consolation from this that he did not go to such lengths by your advice or by that of his princes wherefore we feel assured that by your advice it will be easy to recover him from the infatuation of his mind for which reason brethren since it is plain that in this matter not only our but your cause and that of the entire church is at stake we exhort you in the lord to oppose yourselves as a wall before the house of god and to spare no pains in reclaiming as soon as possible our said son to the right path taking special care at the same time that reynald his chancellor and the count palatine who dared to vomit out the greatest blasphemies against our said delegates and the roman church make full and public satisfaction to the end that as many ears were wounded by their virulent speech so many may be reclaimed by their return to the right path and let our said son reflect on past and present events and enter on that path along which it is known that justinian and other catholic emperors walked as by following their example he will not fail to obtain honour on earth and happiness in heaven you too should you succeed in reclaiming him will at once offer a grateful tribute of obedience to st peter and assert your own and the church's liberty 
at all events our illustrious son will learn from your admonitions will learn from the infallible gospel that the most holy roman church built by god's hand on a most firm rock however much she may be shaken by the winds will yet endure throughout all ages under the lord's protection this brief threw those to whom it was addressed into no small perplexity for while on the one hand they secretly leaned to the cause of the church they had become on the other so cowed and truckling under the iron despotism of the emperor that they felt themselves unequal to the task of responding to the pope as their duty prompted so that they resolved after some deliberation on the subject to lay the brief before frederick and to square their reply according to his remarks these were a tissue of the most contemptible subterfuges and trifling as for example that he had issued no edict against his clergy passing into italy as pilgrims and all others that wished to go thither on reasonable grounds attested by their bishops could still do so that he was chiefly actuated in his proceedings by the wish to correct those abuses under which his churches were overtaxed and the discipline of his convents almost ruined that though god had raised the church by means of the state yet the church now sought to overthrow the state a requital which he frederick viewed as by no means divine that the evil designs of the church against the empire were not only proved by her writings but by the pictures which contrary to the imperial wishes were allowed to continue undefaced at rome under one of which representing the emperor conrad kneeling to the pope and receiving the crown an inscription asserted that he did so as the vassal of his holiness for the rest the bishops begged of the pope to appease their sovereign by apologetic letters so that the church might continue at peace and the empire lose none of its dignity adrian smiled at the perverse spirit of pride which this reply from the german hierarchy showed frederick to be possessed of and took only the firmer resolution to get the better of him by opposing a calm dignity to his passion he accordingly selected cardinals henry and hyacinth men of more experience in diplomacy than the rest of their brethren in the conclave to go as legates on a new embassy to the emperor who in the meanwhile had arrived at augsburg to review his troops previous to his second invasion of italy the two cardinals after being plundered and imprisoned on their passage of the alps into tyrol by robber knights who infested those parts and aware of the quarrel between the emperor and the pope thought they might thus turn it to account but were severely punished for their pains by henry duke of bavaria who freed the sufferers enabled them to reach augsburg in safety where they had audience of the emperor the brief which they read to him from the pope expressed the sorrow of his holiness at finding how greatly the term beneficium had been misunderstood and declared that no other than its ordinary meaning in the latin language was intended by it and that the meaning of fief had not for a moment been entertained moreover the word contulimus in speaking of conferring the crown was explained to have meant not that his holiness had done so as though the emperor were his vassal but that he had simply set it on the emperor's head an act whereby it might be supposed that at least a feeling of thankfulness and good will would be produced 
the brief ascribed to maliciously disposed persons the wrong interpretation given to the pope's words which had so deeply incensed the emperor and concluded by recommending to his good favour the legates now accredited to him frederick professed himself pacified by this brief and as soon as some other points of difference were at his request satisfactorily settled he embraced the cardinals in token of his reconciliation with the pope and loaded them with such rich presents that they returned home in the best humour chapter eight